Everything I've been through makes me better than the last man All up in fifth was spreading this truth of compassion And whenever they asking I be, I be, I be praising You just heard Praisin from the album The Intro by Denise LaShawn. Go check out Denise LaShawn's music on Spotify or any other music site. Hi, my name is Margaret, and you have ventured your way into the beautiful Collision podcast. I believe when the good and amazing, great parts of your life collide with the bad, messy, and hard parts of your life, they make you into the beautiful and amazing person that you are. On this podcast, you're going to hear stories of people from all walks of life, and my hope is that you resonate with some and embrace your own story. Hey y'all, I'm so thankful for this conversation today, and I hope you can listen to the whole thing. So I bring on a guest, her name is Nicole Capelli, a really great friend of mine. We start off talking about travel and her job and a fun fact, but then we spend a lot of the time talking about her husband, um, who passed away about a year and a half ago. And so we talk about the realities of mental illness, but also suicide and how that really can affect someone. And man, this girl, I'm so encouraged by her. She is so strong and she's learned so much. And so I'm really, really thankful that she got raw and honest with us today on this episode to kind of to kind of give you a little bit of insight into what her world's been like the last year and a half. I hope you have time to listen. This is a great one. So here's my conversation with Nicole. All right, everybody. I'm so glad you were back listening to the podcast today. I have a very special guest that I'm really, really excited about. Um, her name is Nicole. Nicole, say hey. Hey. <laughs> Yes, and I've actually wanted Nicole on for a long time, so I'm so excited you're doing this. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> no problem at all. So, um, Nicole, why don't you tell everyone where we met <laughs> first? Okay, so I met Margaret, um, or my phone, Margaret K. Bootcamp. <laughs> there you go. Um, at Mean Green Bootcamp mm-hmm. uh, Memorial Area. Um, she kind of was like my pacer when it came to work- yes, workouts. Yes, we were push partners <laughs> yes. in the workout. Yes. Yes, <laughs> in the workout room. So, yeah, so we met there um, like almost two years, a year and a half ago, two years, two years ago? Probably two years ago. Yeah, yeah. two years ago. Um, and she is awesome. So I met her and Chris mm-hmm. at boot camp. And we are going to talk about Chris a lot in this podcast. But, um, yeah, and we have pretty much been friends ever since. Um, there you go, September. <laughs> <Woo-woo>. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so you also just had birthday, so yeah. you can say happy birthday to us. But um, okay, Nicole. So I, before we kind of dive in and get started, and this is a little bit spontaneous, but why don't you tell everyone like a fun fact about you? Okay, a fun fact. Yes, you know this. I cannot swim. You can't swim. I can't swim. <laughs> I'm from California. Okay. Both of my parents are from Island. Okay. And I cannot swim. <laughs> you need to learn how to swim. What uh, happened? Yeah. So it's a work in progress. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. So yeah. if anyone wants to teach Nicole to swim, she's ready. Group on lessons. <laughs> I'm not above that. Just do whatever. That's awesome. So where are your parents from? I didn't know that. 
Um, so my dad's from Cuba. Cuba. My mom's from Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. Awesome. No wonder you are so beautiful. Oh my God. I'm so tan. <laughs> <laughs> need no sunscreen. <laughs> okay. So what brought you to Texas? You're from California. So yeah. my dad's a cross country truck driver. Okay. So cool. his job when we were, we were, when I was 14, moved oh. us to Pasadena. Okay. And so, and I've lived here ever since. Um, I moved back when I was 19. I did a semester of college out there. Okay. Um, and I immediately moved right back because I just, the vibe was different. And okay. And I, I really miss Texas. Okay, yeah. So, tell us a little bit, because I actually lived in California for one year. Um, so, tell us a little bit about, what do you mean, like, the vibe was different? Like, what do you like about Texas and maybe don't like about California or miss? So, like... Not to diss, you know, <laughs> L.A., born and raised, right? Like, it is it is what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, however, I went from eating Dodger dogs to rooting for the Strohs. Yeah, um, there you go. But I just, I feel like in Texas, um, the vibe is just a lot more calmer. It's not so much hustle and bustle. Yeah. Um, you're not so much focused on the Joneses and what everyone's doing. Right. Whereas you're more focused with who's in your circle. Okay. And, like, here, you know... We sit on, you know, porches and we go to rooftop bars or backyard bar places yeah. or whatever and just, like, sit and engage in conversation. Yeah. I feel like in L.A. because it's so busy. Yeah. We don't have that time to be genuine with partners. Like, partners, not people. Uh, yeah. We <laughs> work. I'm saying partners. People. Yeah, people. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I think, yeah, when I was in California, I was in, San, like, right outside of San Francisco mm-hmm. area. So, I think the difference for me was actually, California was very... Um, I mean, the weather was nice and, like, the nature stuff was nice. But, yeah, I feel like it was very, some in some ways, pretentious. And I know people that maybe live there are probably going to be like, what is wrong with you? Um, but I sometimes just felt every time I was meeting people was a networking gig. Because mm-hmm. um, I lived in a very tech area sometimes. And it wasn't always super, for me personally, like they wanted to genuinely get to know me. Yeah. Um, and that's what I kind of love about Texas and that kind of thing. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So is your family still there right now? So no. So my, so I do have my dad's side of the family yeah. is there. My mom's side of the family is in like East Coast and Puerto Rico. Okay. Have you ever been to Puerto Rico? Lived there when I was three. Oh, okay. Awesome. I did. So Hurricane Marie, like it's, was planning actually before New York, I like going on vacation soon, planning yeah. all these things. Was thinking about going to San Juan because uh-huh. I figured if we're going to spend money, I want to give it to San Juan so they can rebuild. Yeah. Um, but half the island still doesn't have power. Wow. Yeah. Still. And it's been over still. a year. Still. That, really sad. That is crazy. That really That is really, really crazy, man. It's interesting to think, too, like for Houston, right? <laughs> so we were able to rebuild within ourselves. We basically took care of each other during Harvey. Yeah. But when you're secluded on an island. Right. Your resources are so limited. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I don't know, it's so sad. That is really sad, yeah. It's it's just crazy. Natural disasters, man. And, you know, the ones that just happened in Florida yeah. and things like that. And there's just nothing you can do about them. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Um, okay, so you were talking about a little bit um, traveling and you're about to go or you were planning on going to New York and stuff. And so for everyone listening, this girl, I feel like... <laughs> I always see you. Yes, it's always (laughs) (laughs) it's always traveling. Because okay, so anytime I see you on social media, I feel like you're traveling somewhere. Yeah. What had started this love for traveling? So it started with Chris. I'll be honest with you. So uh, my family, um, we would do some traveling as far as like you know, because Vegas was a four hour drive. So every you know year we'd go to Vegas. Yeah. We'd go see family because my family's so spread out across the states. right? Right. So I would travel. And then when I met Chris, uh-huh. you know, he'd never been outside of, like, San Antonio. <laughs> so I was like, we got to travel. Like, I want to go places. I want to see things. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just, it's carried on since then. I mean, actually, 
you know, this year I started traveling more internationally, like by myself. Yeah. Um, oh my, by yourself. Yeah, I went to Dublin and Scotland by myself this year. Okay, so tell people how that is traveling overseas, because I feel like that's not something that people would. Okay, maybe maybe just me, because I'm definitely like a extrovert. But I don't know if people. That's super common for people to want to travel all the way by themselves. Tell me about that experience. So, as an also extrovert, yeah, you, know, you can stick us in the middle of nowhere and yeah. make friends. Yeah. Um, so, traveling abroad alone was very calming. Okay. It was very, like, I feel like when you're traveling with someone else, you know, you love the person, whether they're your significant other, your boyfriend, girlfriend, friend. Yeah. You still indirectly are taking their wants and needs into consideration when yeah. you're planning your trip. Right. Right. So... You know, if I, let's say if we went on a trip, yeah. you know, we kind of talk about what we want to do, but then like, I'd be like, well, does she really want to do this? Does she really want to do that? Mm-hmm. Traveling by yourself, the only person that's going to yeah. like talk about it is yourself. Right. So I literally did everything that I wanted to do. And I had like, there were no things, there were, there was nothing I would have changed about either one of my trips. Right. Because it was just me and I'm the one that planned it. Yeah. That's so. all. How long were you there? So I was in Dublin. I actually got stuck in a snowstorm. So I was the first of all the flights that got canceled. It was a huge snowstorm that took over the East Coast in February, March. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I was stuck there an extra, like, four days. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. So it was, like, a week and a half. And then Dublin to Scotland, the next time, um, I was there for about four days. Okay. What were some of your, like, favorite things about those places? I'm sure you have a lot, but... Um, so Dublin, I would have to say, especially if I lived anywhere outside the U.S., I would move to Dublin in a heartbeat. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, the culture is fantastic. Everyone's really nice to foreigners from Texas. I don't know if it's like everyone. <laughs> you hear, like, you name Conor McGregor, right? Irish potty mouth. Yeah. Um, so, but it was just, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of history there. Yeah. So, like, same with Scotland. Okay. So, I think in the States, because, you know, we look go to, like, Boston or something. It's like, oh, this was made in, like, 18-something. Yeah. Yeah, well, you go to, like, Dublin, like, this bar was built in 900. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh, this bar's old, right? Yeah. Um, so there's just so much culture there. You think of, like, I don't know, just, pres- so in Scotland, preserving all the the architecture, yeah. all the buildings year yeah. after year is such a skill. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I don't know, I loved everything. It was just very welcoming. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of people on the podcast about traveling, but especially especially in a lot of, like, the European regions and just other regions of places where those countries have been there for way, way longer than America has. So mm-hmm. there's so much history, like you said, things that have been there literally since... You feel like the beginning of time. Yeah. Like, this next part of the Bible is, like, when Dublin was built. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, cool. Exactly. So, I think that's really... Yeah, I think that is a really cool kind of thing about, about like, European countries. So, thinking future, do you have a place that you're really... Overseas place that you're really wanting to go to? Um, I want right to spend now. New Year's in Thailand. New Year's in Thailand. Okay. Yeah. That is awesome. I want to be in a little kayak boat watching fireworks go off and, you know, with a little tiki hut hat. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do, do Thailand for New Year. Okay. There you go. Well, I hope it happens. I hope so. And too. post all the pictures <laughs> yes, and do all absolutely. the things. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So let's um, kind of backtrack a little bit. So you did talk about Chris and I'm, I'm sure people are wondering who Chris is. So um, why don't you kind of... Tell us who Chris is, when y'all met, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, So, Chris um, was my um, husband. Mm -hmm. Um, We met in 2012. Okay. um, 
in a man in a management program for work. Okay. Um. So, and kind of funny note. So he ended up within our relationship time span mm-hmm. becoming a guest speaker for like the, um, like orientation of this management program for new partners. Okay. And so he would always joke like, "Look to your left, look to your right, like." you will be with these people for the rest of your life. And he's like, no, but I'm serious. Like, I met my wife. She sat next to me in this class. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, that's me. Whatever. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, he was my husband. Um, met in 2012 with work. Um, we're together for um, six years. Yeah, what did, What was your first attraction to Chris? What attracted you to Chris? Um, I would have to say just like, physical so, um, <laughs> obviously like I just he was cute yeah, I'll never and I'll never forget obviously you never forget like the first day that you you know saw someone right yeah so I am a habitually late person if you haven't <laughs> um and so I was like this was day two of our program mm-hmm. and like I was late and I was wearing khaki pants on okay. coffee and I like ran through the classroom and like s- like slid in my seat and spilled the coffee on me and Chris was sitting next to me like twirling his pen because he's so like you know, like, I don't know, ADHD. And so, mm-hmm. um, he looked at me and just like looked up and like rolled his eyes. And I was like, hey. hey, so did I have coffee on you? No. Cause it's all my pants. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> that I'm late. Whatever. Oh, so, yeah. that's awesome. And so what, so y'all talked for a little bit and then how did y'all start dating? So we actually were dating other people okay. who were friends. Oh my gosh. And so I'll never forget my ex-boyfriend, um, when Chris broke up with his girlfriend, my ex-boyfriend was going to dinner with her to console her, like, hang out. And everything, like, what a jerk. I can't believe he broke up with her. You know? <laughs> and then I got dumped, like, two weeks later. And um, I think Chris had come to my store um, that I was at to borrow, um, like, sodas. Okay. And so I was like, hey, what are you doing here? And we yeah. just kind of chatted. And thanks to social media, he, like messaged me on it and then we kind of just started chatting since then and he would say which he said to everyone um nicole invited herself out on our first day <laughs> she literally was like have st arnold's Oktoberfest waiting for me and she brought an overnight bag i want you to know he told that story to like our hr manager <laughs> like vps in the company because like, yeah. everyone knew chris and nicole and so when they would hear our story since we met with the company there was like not an edited version it uh-huh. was like that raw version that, that's yeah. awesome. And that was in, in the Houston, H-E-B in Houston? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. awesome. And so y'all dated for how long before y'all got engaged? About a year and a half. Okay, where did he propose at? South Congress Bridge in Austin. Oh, so yeah. sweet. So that day, mm-hmm. um, so he'd been acting like kind of weird mm-hmm. um, prior to, and I started having to pay for everything, and I was like, where'd all your money go? <laughs> you know? And so he made a comment um, that, you know, if he ever went to go pick out my ring, he would take one of our really good friends, Ernie. Mm-hmm. And so I remember one day, like, he was like, hey, I'm going to hang out with Ernie today. And I was like, red flag. I already knew. I already knew. Uh-huh. And he'd come home late, and he put something in the kitchen, and I had made a comment like, you know, well, I know you po- You obviously, like, bought a ring. Yeah. And he's like, why? I was like, well, because you magically have no money, <laughs> and you're acting really weird, and we got in a huge fight, and he was like, he guilt-tripped me. He was like, I can't afford to buy you your dream ring right now, and you're putting so much pressure on Oh, me. my gosh. Like, I literally was, like, sobbing in the bathroom, because I felt so bad. And uh-huh. fast forward, he told me later, like, he was just, like, texting me, and he was like, <laughs> she's gonna be so surprised. Um, but yeah, I, uh... Yeah, South Congress, 
South Congress Bridge. Oh, that's awesome. And so where is Chris from? You from the Austin? So Chris is from San Antonio. Okay. Okay. You did say, I think you did say that. So he grew up Ghost Bros Go. Uh He um, was in Live Oak. So it's like a smaller suburb of San Antonio, Mm -hmm. which is really nice because when you're driving, it's the first exit Mm -hmm. into San Antonio. Um, and so he went to school there, high school. He got um, into A and M, went yeah. to A and M. And you are now Aggie because of him. <laughs> yes, Aggie by marriage. But personally, I felt like I helped pay for a lot of things during our relationship, so he could pay off his student loans. <laughs> and so, um, and I'll like we can fast forward this, but my new season of life, yeah, uh, my companion currently, yeah, um, went to LSU. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my god, and like die hard, like go Tigers. So yeah. this weekend they beat Georgia mm-hmm. number two, and it was so hard. Like I said, go Tigers, and it just he looked at me. He's like, no, no, and I was like, I know it sounds so wrong. I can't say it. Sorry. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that that go. is so funny. So yeah. yeah, half an Aggie, like half an LSU fan. Oh. Yeah. That's awesome. That's fun. Um, so I kind of want to talk about which we are going to, I'm basically going to transition kind of mm-hmm. right into everything and uh, a, a topic that I really think is important for listeners. Um, and so actually tell everyone, if you don't mind, how old no. you are. 27. <laughs> just turn. Just turn. Just, just turn 27. We have to turn 27. Together. <laughs> and, um, yes, together. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I want you to kind of tell our guests listening about basically the last year. Okay. A half of your life. Viewer discretion advised. Right? <laughs> Viewer um, discretion advised. And I always feel like I have to preface things with like, don't be sad. Yes. You know. And I will. And I will interrupt and ask some questions as we kind of go along. But yeah. yeah. Alright. Um. So last year in my life. Um. So Chris actually passed away. Um. August twenty third of twenty. 17. And that was actually right, um, if y'all heard in Houston, Hurricane Harvey Correct. was about to, or just happened? It was two days before Harvey hit. Two days before Harvey hit. So Harvey was about to happen. Okay, yes. so. Which I now, like, was like a blessing in disguise. So Chris had passed away, um, like, so um, he, which we'll talk about, he suffered from mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately, it was a very sudden, tragic, I can say tragic, um, death. So I will pause you real quick. Um, is that something you knew like your whole time dating or marriage? Is that something that y'all were having to work through if you don't mind? Uh, no, yeah. absolutely. Um, and so, and I get asked that question, I think when anyone, um, is a suicide survivor, yeah. that's the initial question that you get asked is, yeah. you know, did you see it coming? Yeah. How did you know? Yeah. You know? Um, and honestly, um, I, he did a great job of hiding it. Yeah. Um, I didn't see it until right before we hit our one-year wedding anniversary. Okay. Um, Which was in May, right? Which was in May. Mm -hmm. So he had become distant with me. Mm -hmm. Um, We're adults here, so as a married couple, intimacy was very minimal for us, which was odd. Yeah. Um, And so we were in Miami Mm -hmm. um, for a one-year wedding anniversary, and I remember I had seen his arm because he was sleeping and there were cuts on it yeah and i woke him up and i'm like what's going on yeah um because we had just finished watching 13 reasons why on yeah. netflix yeah and so i kind of was like like i'm thinking of the character's life and yeah. i'm thinking like well what's going on in your life that you feel the need to do this like i'm your wife talk to me yeah and so um you know kind of put it on the back burner yeah um so then 
in June, we had a same episode. Yeah. Um, where there was obviously alcohol involved. And yeah. I kind of found him just in a very depressed state. Yeah. Um, and that's when I kind of had started getting his family involved in May. Yeah. Like, hey, I this is happening. I'm not really sure how to get it. And I know, like, not a lot of people know me, but, like, I'm really positive and outgoing. She, and, she, like, and I, I, will, <laughs> I will attest to that. She is very yeah. positive and she's very yeah. outgoing. So this was, like, way, I was way in over my head. I'm thinking to myself, like, what am I doing? Like, how can I be more? But what people don't realize is when you're dealing with someone with mental illness, right. there's literally nothing that you specifically can do. Right. There's, I, I could have been the best in everything, but it's something that he was battling in himself. Right. And I think that, um, yeah, it's just, it's hard for the people who get left behind to really see that. And I think that's important, and we're going to continue the story, but I think that's important for you to say out loud, because I think people that have, people with mental illness in their family Mm -hmm. can very easily say, um, it was, like, it was my fault, or what could I have done differently, or how could I have, like, texted them more, or called them more, or been more available. It's, and... With me, um, you know, I was getting it kind of like at all ends, right? So right. with Chris's family, right, what could we have done differently? Or Chris's coworkers or close friends. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like it took me a year to finally realize there's actually nothing. Yeah. You know, we we did the best that we could. Yeah. And God had another plan. Yeah. And something glorious will come out of this. Right. Right. I can say. Yeah. So you're you're going back where you said in June you were kind of getting his family involved. Yes, and so um, and kind of backtrack in February. I had noticed that he was getting really dark whenever he would drink, and mm-hmm. um, I grew up in a household that was very dysfunctional between my parents. Yeah, um, and so I had mentioned to Chris like I'm not going to be my mom and like have and like have the husband kind of be off the bend whenever he wants and like right. speak to me or treat me not the way that I deserve with alcohol involved. Yeah. And so he was like, okay, hey, I'm going to get on medicine. Cool. So he gets on medication for depression, for anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but when you're taking those meds, you need to follow them and you need to not be drinking on them. Right. And so, um, you know, I'm not going to tell a grown man what to do. Right. Yeah. And so he would just kind of take it as he needs. Then the May situation happened with the wrists. Yeah. And the June situation happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had told him, you know, if you're unhappy with me, I will sign divorce papers. Like, I want you to be happy in your life. Like, I want you to live. Um, yeah. Because the discussion that we had in June, yeah. um, he had made a comment um, that was very, like, a very suicidal comment. Yes, yeah. Um, he got emotional with me. I've never, I personally, six years, had never seen that Chris that I saw that night. Yeah. And so, um, you know, got his family involved. He called. Our work actually has, like, a guidance program. Yeah, and that's so, sweet. That's and, awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so in front of me, he called and scheduled a therapy appointment. Mm-hmm. And so he was starting to go to therapy. Yeah. Um, which I'm really thankful for. Yeah. Um, we started going to church. We went to Ecclesia. Uh, okay. Um, so I was really happy that we went. He Because we kind of had struggled yeah. to find a church. I grew up in the church. Yeah. Um, my mom was a deacon. My dad played the drums in the band. Yeah. And so I was always involved in youth group. I went on mission trips. Yeah. Um, so even though I feel like... I should practice it a lot more than I do. It's still there. It's still part of who I am. Yeah. Um, Whereas with Chris, um, he didn't go to church every Sunday. Yeah. um, So he was trying to, like, tiptoe back into it. Yeah. And so uh, 
Yeah, so fast forward, um, my mom moved to Delaware because um, her and my dad actually got separated. Okay. And so... That, um, that summer? Yeah, okay. so they got separated. They technically got separated when we got married. I kind of made a comment like, can y'all just hold it together <laughs> yeah. for photos and family situation <laughs> yeah. until this huge event that I paid all the money for. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, so Chris and I, which... Again, blessing. I'm really glad um, we did a road trip from Houston to Delaware. Wow. Um, he, yeah, huge road trip. <laughs> That's a long cousin, trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we saw, you know, the Rocky, not the Rocky Mountains. We saw one one form of the mountains. Yeah. We went to, we just, it was a great trip for him to sightsee and travel the country. And so when we, we flew back on Tuesday, I went to work Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, had a rough day at work. Um, we were on the phone that day. He was kind of telling me to calm down. I could tell in his text because he was off that he was drinking and uh, texted him uh, saying, hey, I'm going to go to so-and-so's, you know, girls night. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll be home late. I didn't get a response. Um, even at dinner, I told the girls, like, I'm so, like, why is it Chris texting me? Yeah. Um, and then I came home that night and I found him. Yeah. And if, what were kind of the emotions in that moment? And you don't, I mean, as much detail as you want to go into, if you don't mind, but like just coming back and like seeing that, like what were your kind of first initial thoughts about all of that? So, um, I, so my first initial thought was this overwhelming sense of alone. Yeah. Like I just felt like I can never describe it in a words where my soul just, like, sunk to the floor. Yeah. And obviously, I don't have to get into, like, the yeah. medical yeah, terminology yeah. or, like, what I had to do or whatever. Yeah. Um, but there was just this pure sense of just, it's just me. Yeah. Um, so, I will say something. Um, so, when, you know, the cops showed up, the first res- first responders, by the way, are fantastic. Yeah. Do not get paid enough to do what they do. Oh, yeah. my God. They probably see the most terrifying things ever. Yeah. Um, and so I remember kind of walking out of my apartment once they showed up and just like leaning against like there was like a brick hallway mm-hmm. by our apartment room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like leaned up against it and I fell to my knees and I just said, Lord, please forgive him for he doesn't know what he's done. Yeah. And that was like my immediate just that's just the first thing that I said. Yeah. Um, wow. And then obviously I started weeping and there was all these th- Everything, everything just came to me at yeah. once. Um, but I will say, um, it's really hard um, to think of, you know, okay, well, they did this, right? So yeah. it's like, well, you know, God didn't do this. They did it. So yeah. where do they go? Yeah. But I, I have full faith and hope and assurance and little things that have happened with me and my dreams or just feelings that I get that... I feel like spirits are in limbo when stuff like that happens. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because God's waiting on something. Mm-hmm. I think they're in limbo because their families are in limbo, mm-hmm. right? So I could feel Chris's presence still throughout that entire mm-hmm. weekend, yeah. throughout Harvey. Yeah. Um, I went, so Harvey hit and he was stuck in refrigeration, right? Yeah. He hadn't even, I hadn't even gotten him to the funeral home. Yeah. And I went and I worked at his store because mm-hmm. his store got told this horrible news. Yeah. Harvey hit. And then they had it open for Harvey when yeah. everyone else was still like, you know, you know, grieving. Yeah. And so I remember walking in that building and I could feel Chris. I could hear his keys jingling yeah. through the hallways. Um, wow. Yeah. So those are kind of like my first, it was just loneliness and just asking God, like, please just, I know you had some sort of involvement in this because you always, you see things in the future and you know everything that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, 
but please just make sure that he gets home. Yeah, yeah. What? So you said that Harvey ended up. So Harvey ripped Houston apart. Literally ripped Houston apart. apart. It was a huge flood. And you said that actually like when the timing of this and then Harvey was kind of like a blessing. Explain that. Why? So a couple of reasons why. A, work-wise. Yeah. um, The company that I work for um, was huge in helping Houston during Harvey. Yeah. Um, It also, like I said, everyone knew Chris and Nicole. Yeah. I... Did not feel... I was getting checked in on, yeah. but I was not getting bombarded yeah. because everyone else had to deal with Harvey. Yeah. Um, as far as Harvey hitting, um, it gave us all time to feel it. Yeah. To go through the motions and then to think forward. Yeah. Um, also, fun fact, this is something that I wish, you know, whoever is in the Senate and ends up, you know, whatever. You only get three days of bereavement for a spouse. Three days. Three paid days off. So, I'm thinking, you know, I understand that, like, you know, we're only married a year and a half. But can you imagine if we were married 20 years? I have three days to plan a funeral and to get my life together before going back to work. Yeah. Like, that, to me, is so minuscule in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Like, thank God I worked. Thank God I, you know, kind of, Chris kind of molded me into, like, this, you know, okay, you need to be an adult. Here are things you need to do. Yeah. But if... I had nothing, right? Like, if I just had a job, I didn't know how to get 401k. I didn't know what to do with this or what yeah. to do with that. Yeah. Three is not enough. So, luckily with Harvey. Because we were off for like. We were, you know, there's nothing we could do. <laughs> for like 10 so, days. So, well, and that and too, like, I was able to work, like I said, at a closer store. So, I went to his store and I worked. You're right. And so, um, but it definitely, um, it just kind of helped, like. Everyone to just realize what has just happened. Right. Um, for me, though, I was also ready when mm-hmm. Harvey kind of was done because I had my my family, yeah. my in-laws, all my emotions going on. I'm going to need a release. So I was like, oh, my God, the stores are open. I'm going to go work. Bye. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> See you guys later. I'm tired of crying. Yeah. No, yeah. I understand that. So, and... Kind of, so fast forward to, you started a blog in January and I picked, <laughs> I, I read through it and I picked some things out of it that I would love you to talk about that I think will help people understand just like the grief process. But on one of your um, blog posts on January 25th, you said, grief follows you for your entire life. Yes. Um, can you explain that? Like what that means? And so I think it will help even understand what this year and a half now? Just over a year. Just so over, yeah. A year and a couple months. Yeah, just over a year has been for you. Like, what you meant by that. So, grief is something you never get over. Yeah. Right? And especially, I mean, in any circumstance, but especially when you're in there in the moment, mm. you see things, you hear things, um, it's going to always be a part of you. Yeah. So, it's something that you learn to live with. Yeah. Um, but not something that you necessarily overcome. Yeah. So, yeah. it always follows you. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, and then... In on in February, so basically a month after that, you were you had a post talking about letting the good days happen. Yes. Um, what what was that like? Finally letting that happen. And so in that post, for those of you listening, I mean, you talked about finally like letting a full good day happen without feeling guilty about it. Almost mm-hmm. is kind of what I got from that. Um, tell me about like that, that transition into realizing that. Absolutely. So it's um, I think we're our own harshest critic yes yeah (laughs) and so um i don't know i think the stigma of being a widow you're supposed to be sad forever yeah you think about documents 
doctor's office. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, check your marital status. Oh, single, divorced, whatever, separated, widowed. And it's like, oh, I'm going to select widow. And everyone just gets so sad all of a sudden. Yeah. And so I feel like that sadness mm-hmm. just continues to embark in you. And yeah. And you're just supposed to be grieving for forever. And so it finally got to the point where I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Chris is gone. Yeah. And I'm still here. Yeah. And life is for the living. Yeah. And Chris would be upset if I was sitting here still grieving, which I still am, you know, obviously, but like being sad Mm -hmm. and just, you know, not letting myself like laugh or think someone looks cute or, you know, enjoy something or, you know, buy a Louis Vuitton purse just to piss him off. (laughs) He was such a penny pincher, you know? So just allowing myself to just be happy. Yeah. Be happy. Yeah. I also want to ask, because I'm always curious about this, what are some of the things, you don't have to say who, but some of the things that you would feel like are the wrong things to say um, to people? Because I think sometimes people don't know how to navigate Correct. when you, when someone they know has experienced loss. And and I'm, I'm sure for different people, they like different things. But maybe for you, what were some of the things you would kind of just say, you know, these are what... These are things people that have lost someone might need. And these are things you just don't want to say and want to stay away from. Um, And so actually, thanks to the hashtag Young Widow on Instagram, I actually connected with a couple widows and we had discussed this. Oh, okay. Really? This one phrase that is the most horrible phrase to say to a young widow is... You're going to find someone someday and it's going to marry you and you're going to have kids. And it's like, yeah, thought that with the first one. Here I am. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So definitely don't say you're going to move on or any sort of like post dead spouse relationship. Right. Yeah. Um, instead. And this is what I like told my friends. I'm like, just like, let's go out and get dinner or wine or something. And I'm okay with talking about Chris. I just don't want to sit and cry about him. You know, like, I want to talk about him and remember him. Yeah. I think also when it comes to death and grieving, um, you get associated with how the person died. That's the first thing that people ask when someone dies is how they die, how they die, what's going on. Well, A, if I'm not telling you, obviously it's really traumatic. So (laughs) probably don't want to know. And two, Mm -hmm. it doesn't. Sorry, it sounds bad. It doesn't matter how they died. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. What is that going to change? Right. Nothing. No, so that's let's, good. Like, yeah. Let's just talk about who they were as a person. Yeah. Let's forget about the last, in Chris's example, you know, the last few weeks or months that were really hard on me and our marriage, which personally has been really hard for me, especially around the one year mark, because I was still feeling all the anger as a spouse that I dealt with yeah. prior to him dying. Yeah. Um, Because I didn't get to deal with that because then he just died. So. Yeah. um, But it's like just like let's just talk about him. Yeah. Um, I don't want to hear I'm sorry for your loss. Condolences. I don't. I literally just want us to just let's just talk about him. Yeah. You know, let's just hang out. Yeah. And just be normal. Yeah. Be normal. normal. That's the best word is be normal. (laughs) Be normal. And it's hard. It's so hard. Yeah. No. So hard. I like I like the part you the. Before at the kind of the beginning, you were saying, you know, don't say you'll find someone else, and that's so interesting. And I wonder, you know, what that looks like for maybe someone that's 60 that lost, you know, yeah. a, a husband. They don't say it to them, yeah, you know, exactly. And so, I think they, they it's just funny that someone say that as if okay, it's encouraging because you're still young and you still have time to, you know, find someone else. But I mean, the reality too is like life is. I mean, we don't know what life entails. Like, we don't know even how long our life is, you know, clearly. So it's just kind of like 
to say that as if like yeah. that's the biggest hope. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good luck. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, no, that's really, really good. Um and you said another thing too in your blog again. Um we aren't always ready for fixing right after loss. Some of us don't need fixing, we need time. And I love that. And if can you elaborate on that a little bit? So I guess Again, like harshest critics or just like things that I needed, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I don't need time to heal, or I guess I don't need correction. I need time to heal, uh, yes. But I don't need to be, you know, automatically done in a hundred percent right away, right, right away. Yeah. Um, again, that probably goes back to work. You know, yeah. the bereavement. Where, yeah. Okay. You have, okay. Go and my line of job, right? Yeah. What I do, I do with customers all day. Yeah. I literally, I'll never forget my first day I got yelled at because um, of a customer situation that was so minuscule. Yeah. And I remember going upstairs and just sobbing and being like, this person just yelled at me for this. And I literally buried my husband a week ago. Yeah. You know, and it's like, how is this okay? Yeah. So I guess just more or less you know, time heals all wounds. Well, it doesn't, but it heals a lot of them. Yeah. You know? You're still always going to have a scar. Yeah. Like if you have a really big wound, you always get a scar that kind of reminds you how you got it. Yeah. But it gets healed. Yeah, that's true. That's good. Good analogy. I think. <laughs> um, so, you know, what are, and you've kind of talked about it again, but, you know, what are some things you're learning now, like you've learned about yourself in the last year? Um, if I mean, if you have, you know, obviously it's okay like you said, I mean, it takes time, so you still may really be in a heavy grieving process, but are there some things that you have started to, like, learn and pick up about yourself in this last year? Um, so, I've given myself a lot more pats on the back than yeah. I've ever done before. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have learned, and I think I put this on, like, the the one-year blog or visiting Chris blog. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't, like, I thought I was going to die alone you know and I was like I'm not ever gonna like find anyone or date anyone or yeah. love anything or anyone ever again I'm gonna be just like shunned in my own hole and I am loving and feeling and being happy yeah. um so I'm proud of myself for you know just being wise enough to understand that Chris will always be a part of me that's yeah. never gonna change however I can still love him mm-hmm. and love life or love someone else or you know, go about that way yes. in a beautiful new way. Yeah. Um, I'm a lot stronger than I am now. I don't know if it's because I'm desensitized <laughs> or what it is. Um, work-wise, I'm excelling. I'm just like, I don't want to hear it. You're fine. <laughs> you know? Um, but I'm just, I'm learning, unfortunately, right, this horrible circumstance that, you know what, life is short. Yeah. And so just... Do what makes you happy. Yeah. Feel the feels. If you're going through something, just let yourself go through something. Yeah. Don't get stuck in it. Yeah. And you hit on it again. Y'all, her blog is good. (laughs) So you should... I think it's great. But you hit on it again because another thing you said was um, true strength really is being absolutely broken beyond repair and still finding it um, in you to keep going. I think that's what you've done. And I love that you said that because I feel like... That's what you've done, and I think that's what so many people need to hear. It's not being, like, fixed and, and keep going or moving on, but it's, like, being broken and being kind of, vulner- like, vulnerable yeah. and in that state and still knowing that, like, okay, every day I'm going to keep moving. Yep. You absolutely. know? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, and you are in a new, exciting phase of your life. 
right? Yes. I don't know if you mind talking about it, but yeah. <laughs> he like hates titles, but yeah, I'm in, I'm, I'm dating someone. We've been dating for a little bit. Very unexpected. Yeah. Um, and I have very strong feelings for him. Like, yeah. I, I truly am infatuated with him. I love him. He's yeah. He's a great person, genuinely. Yeah. Um, and it's, and we talked about it. It's weird. It's weird for me to say that. Yeah. Um, and I actually still go to therapy sessions. I yeah. I pick that back up mm-hmm. once I, we started dating because I was feeling some sort of way. Um, and I wasn't taking my own advice. I wasn't allowing myself to feel the feels. I felt almost like I was doing Chris a disservice. Yeah. By not necessarily moving on, but by finding someone and really soaking in what it is, you know, to be in a relationship again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's. He's pretty awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. I haven't met him yet, so hopefully I meet him very soon. He is slowly but surely meeting friends. He's making his way. Okay, good. Yeah. So I should be, if you're listening to this, Margaret wants to meet you. <laughs> yes, Jeremy. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I was going to kind of ask you honestly to like, what would you like to give an encouragement um, and this is going to be separate from the encouragement I ask you at the end, but to people going through this grief, especially younger people. So, um, like, what would you tell those other women that are like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, this has been hard. Um, like, I don't know how to navigate life. And not that everyone does it the same way, but kind of what would you, like, tell that girl or, like, tell that woman? Or things that, even steps that you took that were helpful. So. Like, practical things. I would, so I'm a busy body. Yeah. And so for me personally, it was just staying busy. But the mm-hmm. problem is that you're not busy all the time. Yeah. Right? And I'm still, honestly, I'm still working on it. Yeah. Um, I actually shared this with Jeremy that like, I still am on sleeping meds because it's hard for me to sleep at night. Yeah. Understandably, right? You're sleeping with someone for six years and all of a sudden it's gone. Yeah. So what I, the best advice that I could give someone, A, who's grieving a spouse. Yeah. Is... There's nothing that anyone can say or do that's going to ease the pain or make you feel better. Um, all that you can do in yourself is know that you are strong yeah. and that you can do it mm-hmm. right in any situation. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, and my faith played a lot in this yeah. situation, is just knowing, like, honestly, the phrase, you know, so-and-so would want you to be happy is actually correct. Yeah. I pinky promise you yeah. that they want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. Who wants to live this life miserable yeah. and depressed and sad mm-hmm. and grieving constantly, yeah. right? Like, just, you can have your moments and that's fine, but, like, appreciate life for what it is mm-hmm. and appreciate the beauty. Yeah. Um, so, I would just say, like, I don't know, just... Hold on, on one more day. Like the Wilson. That's <laughs> <laughs> so cheesy, but it's like just. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And and I think knowing too, because I remember this at the beginning too, that like there are people going through, like there's groups and stuff where you can go and, and pe- like be with people that have gone through that. You so, know. Disclaimer. Yeah. I've gone to a grief group share, which happened right after Chris. Yeah. Which I liked because it was biblically based. Yeah. But I was like the youngest person by like 35 years. <laughs> so everyone felt, again, extra sad when they saw me. And I'm like, this isn't helping me. Right? Yeah. Um, and then I went to a specific suicide survivor group. Mm. But I felt like all we did was just talk about 
our mm. relative, spouse, friend, whoever that died, uh-huh. and we weren't really going anywhere. Yeah. Um, so then I went back to one-on-one therapy. So I think just like. Don't rush your process. Like, right. Take the time to find what works for you. Yeah. If it's like daily devotionals or just listening to podcasts or whatever, like mm-hmm. don't limit yourself to like just needing this one thing. Like try out and see yeah. what happens. And see what happens. Oh, this has been so great. Oh my gosh, you're so great. Okay. So I am going to, this is, we're getting towards the end. Okay. So I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask everybody. Right. Okay. So the first one is if you could go to lunch with anybody. Who would it be and why? Okay. If I, and it's funny because, like, I listen and I didn't prepare. <laughs> and I, I, I want to be like, I want to go to lunch with Prince Harry and be like, why didn't you wait for me? <laughs> no, you, right? you could totally do that. I know. Um, honestly, if I could go to lunch with anyone, um, it would probably have to be... And I didn't really... I for, totally forgot to te- send her these questions again. So partially it's can my fault. Can we go to the encourage question? Because I have that okay. okay. So if you can encourage anyone, encourage them right now as if they're sitting in front of you. Okay. So could it be a group of people? Yes, it can be. Perfect. Um, so if I could encourage anyone right now, it would probably be um, anyone who's suffering, who feels down, depressed. Yes. Um, emotional... Maybe you're suffering from mental illness. Yeah. Um, which, or maybe you're not. Maybe you're just down mm-hmm. because life gets you down. Um, I promise you that you are valued in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, and just to, I understand reaching out may not be what you want to do, but just think of the people around you and remember that they love you yeah. no matter what. So be open, be vulnerable with them, tell them what's going on, and then collectively work together to mm-hmm. try and get you out. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, back to the lunch one. Oh, my god. Or dinner. Lunch or dinner. Or happy hour. <laughs> or happy hour. <laughs> um, I would have to say if I had to have lunch or dinner or happy hour with someone, it would have to be. <laughs> All three. <laughs> you can do Prince Harry. I don't want to do Prince Harry. <laughs> Although I'm, like, annoyed that Meghan Markle are, like, having a royal family. Um, I'd probably have to say... Oh, so I don't know what their name is. Okay. But um, the person who started the semicolon project. Okay. Um, which actually have the tattoo on my wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of when an author writes a book, they mm-hmm. put a semicolon when they're not going to end a character's story, but just change the direction of it. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, um, that creator of that whole campaign actually committed suicide so i would love to be able to just visit with them yeah one more time before yeah um to just let them know what an impact that this campaign has actually made on people yeah um yeah that's awesome and before actually one more thing before we end so you know there was a time you were going to do something with the capelli project Um, and you had some ideas for that for kind of the future. And so if you could talk a little bit about that, what that is and what are some things like, what are some things you want to do with that in the future in honor of Chris? So a couple things, right? So blogging, capelliproject.com. Um, yeah. I I, myself, I need to start like doing it more. It's easier said than done. Yeah. Um, but, um, I definitely get a lot of traffic on it. Um, Yeah. Maybe it's just because I'm like, we're real talk. Let's just deal with it and move on. Um, but I definitely want to, there's a stigma around mental illness, yeah. right? 
And there's a stigma in Chris's aspect against, you know, white males, educated, yeah. successful. Yeah. Right? You can't be depressed. You've got all this stuff going on for you. What's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. So I just... It's more than just a phone number. Yeah. Um, it's more than just, you know, therapy sessions. It really is a community. Yeah. It's, it's um, like, empowering people who are involved in depression, whether it's because your spouse is depressed, your son is depressed, your best friend is depressed. Yeah. How do we give them the tools that they need Yes. to help deal with that? Yeah. Like put myself in the situation I had no tools I didn't know what was going on with Chris I was getting overwhelmed with situations left and right towards the end of our marriage and how do I make it so no one else goes through that so no one else ends up walking in the way that I walked in angry as a spouse bitter as a widow yeah yeah oh that's good that's good yeah I mean I think that's true I think not only do we not talk about it but we don't people are not equipped on how to handle it beyond like helping them go to counseling or mm-hmm. therapy but you know those people that they're um going to counseling and therapy they're great but they're not there every single day Correct. so like how does the person that is literally walking with them every single day like what are the tools mm-hmm. to kind of help that you know that's good or even you know people who and that's where mean green stepped in and i told chris this yeah owner right owner of mean green of mean where green. we work out <laughs> I said I really feel like he gave my Chris an extra year of his life. Yeah. Because it's proven, yeah. right? Exercise brings endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people don't just kill their husbands. Right? <laughs> so, you know, so it, it's true. And, you know, having access to a healthy diet and being able to do community outreach programs. Like, people who are suffering, are we able to help them other than just giving them pills and therapy? Yeah. Right? Get active, get moving, talk, volunteer, do stuff to really make you feel like your life is fulfilled. Because nine times out of ten, when you're depressed, it's because you feel like your life is nothing. Yeah. Pills aren't going to make that happen. Yeah. Make that change, you know? Being, doing something is going to do it. Oh, that's good. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And if there's anyone that is listening to this and is like, man, I really would love to talk to her more. Um, or is just listening and says, I'm just so encouraged by that. And I'm going through the same thing. Um, you can follow her website, website, Capelli Project, right? www.thecapelliproject2ps2ls.com.com or Insta. Or Insta. Yeah. What's your Instagram name? At? At? Nikki Fern, two Ks. <laughs> Fern like Fern Goalie. <laughs> Cap. C- so N-I-K-K-I-F-E-R-A-C-A-P-P. <laughs> Or my dogs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's long, but you can listen to this again and write it down. But yes, follow her. She's great. And she would definitely be more than willing to just encourage you. Absolutely. Okay, bye, y'all. Thanks for listening. Say bye, Nicole. Bye, Nicole. No, I'm just kidding. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>